Welcome to the Whatnot Podcast, where we put the what into whatnot live every Wednesday night at 9 p.m. on Facebook and YouTube. All right, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Whatnot Podcast. If you accidentally fell in here, just hang out. You might like it. Uh, I am Chris, and joining me to that side, I had to shake my shoulder to figure out which way it was. Uh, my yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, he does the shoulder thing to see which side of the camera to point to. Yeah, so see, I know I need to go that way. Yeah. And down below us there, right there, is uh, John from Lincoln Street Woodworks. If you have not heard of him, you have not gone to YouTube at all in the last year less so especially the last couple of months if you've not heard of this guy then uh, you've been hiding under the youtube rock and uh not paying attention at all uh we welcome you john thanks for joining us thanks for having me on guys and or people just know how to avoid subpar content so either haven't been on youtube or they know how to stay away from not so great stuff well, it's it's kind of funny. One, one, I've kind of looked at some of your videos, and I was like, "Oh, that's cool. I'm gonna go watch that later. I'm gonna watch that later." But but the first video that I remember catching, and then what got me kind of hooked on you was the the whole you running through the field with a pallet over your head. <laughs> I was like, "Okay, I gotta watch this guy." So. Yeah, but, no, yeah, absolutely. Um, so I have a question about that. If you hadn't seen it, it's um, it's a quality moment in YouTube history for myself. But did you actually fall? It looked legit. Yeah, it's quite the story. So for anyone who hasn't seen the video, the context is it's a spoof parody on woodworkers and some of the absurd things that we do. And there's a scene where um, poking fun at pallet wood people and the idea of um, basically just getting pallet wood from wherever you can and is it quote unquote free or not but the the main punchline in that is that i go diving out of the car and then yes fall down a, a ravine because i see some pallet wood on the side of the hill and when i shot that we first shot it four times and yes it is a very real fall and that it doesn't look very steep on camera but i can it's a very very it's actually a retention pond near my house and um, I'm in South Carolina. I think you guys are North Carolina, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, we don't have like dirt here. We have clay and mm -hmm. clay gets really hard in the summer, which is when we shot that. So it was, it was hard. And there was a bunch of rocks everywhere. I almost hit my head actually one of the times on a, a big rock when I was doing the roll. So I shot it four times. I couldn't get the angle right until the last time. Like it just, it didn't look right. I ran inside. I was all excited. I go to start running a rough edit on it just to make sure I was happy and the mic wasn't turned on and the mic like the sound effects are what makes it because it's like an oof and a tumble like that just wasn't something I'd be able to to dub over it's way outside the scope of my editing skills so I went back for two more times and ended up I still have a scar on my arm actually but yeah it was a very real fall I was bleeding after I was pretty banged up for a couple of days yeah, it was it was quality and then your wife's face is just it, it, if that was your wife in the video it was just like one of those faces of like yeah i may have made the wrong decision here <laughs> it's awesome oh. she was a she was a great sport she's never done like an on-camera thing actually everyone in the video were just friends of mine they're actually all neighbors other than izzy and it was all their first time on camera and they were all fantastic like most of it was just one shot takes with them Really? Because the lady who you were having the conversation with on the ocean table, that looked very natural. Like, you know, you'd done that a hundred times before. She's in, so that's, that's Steph. She's also, she lives um, directly next door to me. She's just one of those people who, what you saw on camera, that's just her. Like that's her being very natural. She's unbelievably witty and it just comes across well on camera. I gave her the script. I was like, here's the lines. She took 20 minutes to read it and then we were done. Nice. Wow. And the funny thing is, I, she's gotten recognized just like in the normal day to day life multiple times since that video has been published. She's a star now. She's a star. Yeah. Well, yeah. So that particular scene where you're doing the interview with the customer, that reminded me of the William Douglas uh, 
and I'm I'm not sure if that's that was a spoof off of him or not, but that was that was great. Yeah, Will's video definitely gave me the inspiration for this one. I mean, his video, I I, I couldn't even come close to touching it. I mean, his is just hysterical. But yeah, his his video, what woodworkers say, was fantastic, and that was the inspiration mm-hmm. for this one. Yeah, that was uh that was that was good. As a matter of fact, I was watching one of his, and you got thrown in there in his little William Douglas news or whatever it is he's doing now. <laughs> I was like, that wow. was a, a he is just an unbelievably creative guy. Like to come up with that, and I'm sure he shot that in one or two takes is pretty impressive. But yeah, it was really funny. Well, that's classic. That's that's the thing about YouTube because because he you reminded me a lot of him in that out of nowhere he showed up. You know, I mean, it was like all of a sudden he was not there at all, and then boom, he's just you know shooting to the top, and and I don't. It was the what set him apart, just like you, is the the unique sort of format that that he put out, and it wasn't just intro project, quick shots, outro, you're done. It was it was a lot of very good content sandwiched in there where you didn't want to fast forward it. Now we have a a guy named Kyle that, you know, is part of our little program here from learn your CNC. And he, he likes to watch things in like two speed. So he's a, you know, everybody would have sounded funny, you know, when he's watching it. So. I, I challenge him to watch my videos in two, in two X because I talk pretty fast. It's, it's hard enough sometimes with just normal speed on playback. Wow. Well, we'll get into some more stuff. Uh, I'll tell you what we'll do is we we we're going to hit a couple of these comments that we've had. Um, one of them since five twelve this afternoon. So we've got uh, Mister Bo- Mister uh, Rob there. Want to know about your dust collector? Jet dust collector? Would you recommend it for a small one man shop? Yeah, it's a great question. I actually get this really frequently. Um, I struggle with answering it in the sense that. It's the only real like big dust collector that I've ever had. Prior to that, I was using the old shop vac and dust deputy that everybody does at one point in their career. And then even before that, for most of my woodworking life, actually, I, I just had to work outside. I would set up and break down my patio because I didn't have a shop, so everything was mobile and stored in a shed. So the world was my dust collection. Just let mm-hmm. that stuff go. Um so it's been fine for me. Um, I have nothing to compare it to. I also think that dust collection in general is overcomplicated. I did a video about it, but my my general feeling is if you're in a smaller hobby shop, as long as you're getting something that's collecting the volume of chips and not the fine dust, you're fine. Because the reality is you're probably not collecting a ton of fine dust anyways, unless you get a really beefy three horsepower unit and you're hard plumbed in and all of that stuff. So just like wear a mask. So my feeling is like, why spend the extra money? You're probably going to be wearing a mask anyways to protect yourself. Doesn't There's no reason to splurge on a three horsepower, especially if you don't have the 220 in your shop. So I have no complaints about it. I would 100% purchase it again. I looked at the Oneida Supercell mm-hmm. um, pretty extensively before I purchased mine. I didn't have the um, the panel space for it. And it's honestly probably overkill for my shop. So I have no complaints about the jet. It seems to get the job done. And I don't even have my setup optimized at all. And it's perfectly fine for me. Do you think having it dedicated on a single, you know, 110 circuit is probably a good idea or does it matter? I think you have to for that. I mean, I think it would trip and overload otherwise. So that was something that I did add um, to my shop when I took it over was one specifically just for the dust collector. Then I've got another circuit where I'm running all of the other smaller tools because they're never on at the same time. Mm-hmm. And then I have one 220 that's got the jointer and the table saw. And those two just alternate. Again, I'm never, I'm a one-man band and you couldn't be using those two at the same time. My shop is too small anyways. So yeah, I, I think having your own dedicated circuit for that is almost like you have to. I, I don't know any other way around it. Yeah, it's it's kind of like a refrigerator and freezer. I mean, they yeah. they they require quite a bit when they kick on, especially those dust collectors. Now, if it's a little one horsepower, you could probably get away with a little something else small on there. But the you know one and a half and above, you definitely have to have because I think the one horsepower's pull 
I'm not if I'm not mistaken, they pull about twelve amps, thirteen amps, something like that. Yeah, it, it's right around there. I think the other thing to to point out is I think through this question a little bit more. If I'd recommend something else, I went with the um the cyclone separator just built into the unit for a couple of reasons. Number one, sheer laziness. Like I'm an unbelievably lazy person. Um but along the same lines, if I can spend a little bit of money here and there on something that I know is going to ROI my time later, like having to not deal with the bags. If anyone's dealt with changing bags for dust collectors, you know what a pain that is. Mm-hmm. But that thing, I just, it's so easy. You flip up the little hold downs, the toggle hold downs. I roll it outside, dump it into a plastic bag, and then I'm on my way. So for me, like that extra $600 or whatever it was is totally worth it. Yeah. Yeah, and I think dust collection is one of those that it evolves as your woodworking evolves. And in, in, in a way, it has to. The more different machinery you get, the little more advanced you need to become with your dust collection. So, Yeah, especially as you go f- from working with, let's just call it big box lumber, that's pre-dimensioned to mm-hmm. rough cut. Because once you start milling, I mean, you, you need to have dust collection just to keep your shop somewhat clean and, and not have to deal with all the chips all the time. Yeah, that makes a big difference. Cool. Let's see. you got a, a well-wisher here wishing you good luck on the show. It's RT. Yeah, well, you know, it, it only gets worse as the night goes on. The more tear wine <laughs> I drink, you know, it just, you just, who knows what happens. Let's see what we got here. Woodworking YouTubers. Hey, John, let's hear what you have to say. I'm looking forward to it. Well, we could just stop here and just listen to what you have to say and be done with it then. Just want me to riff for an hour? Yeah, Yeah. let's let's see how good you are. One take. You ready? Go. Let's go. (laughs) Oh, let's see. I got uh, Connor's daddy in the house again. Yes, we know what a great guest we have. That's uh, one of the reasons why we asked him. We're trying to up our game here. Let's see. And, of course, he follows that up with whoop whoop. You never know with Connor's daddy. Sometime we're just going to have to ban him. I appreciate a good (laughs) whoop whoop. Oh, and then this will bring you back to earth. (laughs) So you're not that big of a deal. Oh, God. Suman, Suman. Where do I even start? That no comment, Suman. Okay, okay. <laughs> that, yeah. That's my buddy. Yeah, he's. We got started in YouTube about the same time. Became very good friends. I talked to him and another guy, Scott, um, constantly throughout the day. I, I can't even say daily because it's it's all the time. So we proof one another's videos. We run ideas by one another. We do a live stream together on Instagram every once in a while. So yeah, Suman's a great dude. Fantastic woodworker. How many followers or subscribers does he have? Um, Simon, I don't know what you have on YouTube. Got a couple thousand. I think he's got like thirty thousand on Instagram though, or something. He just had a real blow up that hit twenty two million views. Wow! But purely based on woodworking, if you're ranking like Suman, mm-hmm. Scott, and myself, it's Suman, and then there's a big gap down to Scott, and then there's an even bigger gap down to me. He's he's pretty talented. Well, we just thought it was the YouTube competition. We weren't sure what was happening there. Since you both kind of got into YouTube at the same time, you were just like, hey, you might have me at woodworking, but let me show you how this technology stuff's done, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, let's Harry see. Jones has an interesting question. Here, I'm going to hit it real quick. If you could get any table saw given to you, would you still go with the saw stop? I mean, if I had the space, I would go with some type of a slider, I would think. I mean, if it's being given to me, I didn't have to pay for it. Like, yeah, I'd probably go some crazy SCM or Felder. I would... Having a slider seems like it'd be really nice for sheet goods. I don't even think you really need that technology when you're using a slider for the most part because you're removing most of the things that could happen and go wrong that would lead to it in an accident. So um, if yeah. space was limited, saw stop all the way. Otherwise, I'd get a slider for sure. Uh, you'd have to up your power game for sure if you're going to go that route. Yeah. Totally. If we're playing the hypothetical, so oh, I'm yeah, thinking yeah. I've got tons of power. I've got yeah. space. Yeah. I've well, if they're going to give you a saw, they're going to give you electricity and the wiring and all the outlets you need and to, to make it run. Give me a new house and whatnot. But Installed. My current situation, the saw stop's fantastic. I, that's another one. Everyone who has a saw stop gets asked all the time. And then there's the 
absurd debates that manifest in Facebook groups about saw stop or not. Like, and if you use a saw stop, essentially you're an idiot and you don't know how to use a table saw safely, or um, you're setting yourself up for an injury later on because you get lackadaisical using one. Like, it's probably the laziest argument that I've ever heard regarding something. And if you're not cognizant of a saw blade spinning at the RPMs that those are, regardless if it could chop your finger off or not, you're a crazy person. Like that thing turns on, I'm aware of where the saw blade is. Oh, make yeah. a lot of noise. But yeah, the saw's fantastic. The only other two cabinet saws I've ever had extensive experience with are a Grizzly and then an old PM, which everyone knows those PMs are as, as good as it gets. And I find the saw stop to be just about as good as a Powermatic, other than a couple little things here and there. Well, good, because mine will be here in uh, June. <laughs> did you go three horse? I did. Yeah. I wanted the 52, but I couldn't. Uh, I've got a big CNC, and the PCS doesn't allow for left side to router table. So I had to forego the 52 for the 36 just so I could have a left side router table. I'm going through that right now. I just sold my router table, and I'm about to order the inline kit for my router table. But I had same thing had to go right side, which is a bummer. Because left side for me is perfect. I wouldn't have to move the saw to use it. Yeah. Well, and, and I've Sorry, I've had I've had right side, and I don't I don't like having to walk all the way around the table. And if you do right side, then you've completely shot dust collection out of the question, because that's that's the way it has to come across the table. So that's just my two cents for whatever that's worth. Well, the reason they put it on the right side is so you could have the slider on the left side. Yeah, mac it out. Mm-hmm. Well, by by, out. by yeah. adding that 16 and a half inches of uh, router table on the left, outside of your left wing, that gets you plenty of sport. Yeah. So I'm not going to argue that point. Let's see. You might know this guy right here. Mr. We're working you know, YouTubers, yeah. Being the, uh, Gary. The network. Gary, how are you, bud? I'm talk about a just a great guy. That's Gary. Oh yeah, that, he's unbelievable. Yes, he is. Makes me want Kyle, to be a better person every day. He sure does. Kyle had a quick response for our uh, discussion at the beginning. He picks up pretty quick, but you are a fast <laughs> talker, so he might have to turn it down to one and a half instead of two. <laughs> I had someone leave me a dissertation on a video today about that I, I talked too quickly. I need to learn to slow it down. He gave this whole backstory, how he's a marketer and essentially he knows more than everybody else type of thing. And I, mm. I don't know anything. It was one of those backhanded compliments, like you're doing great, but, mm -hmm. and then just went on and on and on and on. Yeah. Did you, did you go to his page and see how many subscribers he had? <laughs> I did not. <laughs> he, see, that's the epic comeback is, is in the comments. You know, I'm sorry, that might work for your 14 subscribers, but you know, for, for me and my million, this is just how it's going to be. I'm trying really hard not to get too far into the weeds in the comments section these days because I made that mistake early on trying to pick a fight with everybody. And um, yeah, yeah don't that's be that one guy. of the, yeah, don't be that guy. No good comes out of it. It's just wasted mental energy I've found. So I just try and get a good chuckle out of them and then move on with my day. And if I can get a funny chirp back, I'll get a funny chirp back every time and then never read it again. Now, I do have a question as far as see if you guys have seen this uh, correlation between the soft-stop naysayers. You, you get lazy and you get complacent and, you know, the spinning blade. I've always found that those same people are the ones who say that a, a miter or comp compound saw is probably the most dangerous tool in the shop. Have you noticed any connection there? I haven't heard that one very much. I, I hear the radial arm saw people, like, mm -hmm. but they're in their own quarter. That's generally more of a saw stop person is like the radial arm saw will cut your arm off um, type of thing. But I haven't heard the, the miter saw argument, the compound. What's it, the thought process there? It's around the same idea as a radial arm saw. And most of the time they have the incorrect blade on the saw to begin with. Yeah. So it's always grabbing the piece and pulling it away from them. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen some new beginners try to use uh, <clears throat> the radial arm and uh, like they've got their face right there. And it's like, dude, do you even know what could happen? I mean, you're just inviting just this giant 
Come on. Let's talk about climb cut. Yeah. So my uncle is just like, he's a fantastic woodworker. I I unfortunately wasn't into woodworking when I I lived near him, Um, but he did a lot of mill work, custom mill work. He actually, with my entire family, built a 36 foot boat that they cruise out on the bay in the ocean. Like literally everything was built. They sourced the wood locally, built the frame, fiberglassed it. Anyways, but I was FaceTiming with him the other day because he was showing me this new jig he came up with. And he's a radial arms guy, of course, he's old school. And he had his fingers and his face so close. I want, like, it was giving me anxiety watching it. And I'm not one of those people who's overly afraid of a radial arm saw. But, I mean, we're talking within inches. He's holding this tiny little piece that he's trimming. And then, you, like you were just saying, face is down there and whatnot. He's laughing the whole time. Where, where's his you know, uh, hold-down jig that he uses at his miter station, the little claw thing? Yeah, yeah exactly. Wow. I have to to agree with uh, Linux Geek on this one. Um, Shapers. Shapers can be really scary. If you don't have a power feeder, that can be a very dangerous tool in the shop. And we're not talking about shaper origin. We're talking about (laughs) traditional woodworking shapers. Just putting that out there for anybody hearing. Yeah, that's a tool I have no interest in using ever. I'll be good if I never use a shaper in my life. Uh, what is one tool you would not want to tell your wife about its price? All of them. The ones or that I buy. Price. I got to tell you, considering the source of that question, that's ironic because that's a man who's got some expensive taste. <laughs> that's probably why the question came up. He just, Suman just bought this absurd welding table that he's using as an outfit table, but he bought like, you know, the ones that are like guaranteed dead flat within so many thousands and thousands of an inch. Um, he bought the Harvey Gyro recently. Yeah, I mean, that, that guy's got a tool collection anyone would be envious of. Wow. That's I, an awesome. Dust I don't have a great answer. Yeah, it's right. Dust processor, not a dust collector. It's processing. <laughs> it makes wood powder. <laughs> I don't have a good answer, though. I, I'll say this, and I promise this, I'm not fabricating, and it's, it's not a cop-out. My wife and I just have a very interesting relationship when it comes to money. Like we have, We've always had separate bank accounts. We've been together for a long, long time prior to getting married. Money conversations just don't come up with us. We both make our own money. You spend it as you see fit. Make sure you can pay the bills. And like, She's never once questioned the tool price or asked how much anything is. So I'm, I'm very fortunate in that regard. Well, it probably goes both ways with many woodworkers. You don't ask your wife, hey, what did those uh, three new pair of shoes that I see in your closet cost? Yeah. You know. It's a great point. It's kind of just flows that way. Awesome. Let's see. He had a question here. I saw it a moment ago, and I'm going to move the whole screen and lost it. Oh, that'll happen. Yeah. Oh, here we go. This will make you feel good. Hey, John, why are you so awesome? <laughs> I'm not. I thought it was our job to puff up the guest a little bit. Clearly, <laughs> the, the the people watching are going to do it for us. Making them more comfortable. I, I I have to say that I really like your take on the apron, like always wearing the apron. Kind of a, a jab at those who wear it all the time. That's uh, funny. You know what's great? Like this guy, though. <laughs> are you an, are you an apron guy? All the time? Not all the time, no. But sometimes. You might as well be. Only only while I'm woodworking, if I'm if I'm finishing or just putting around the shop, no. But if I'm woodworking, I've got everything in my apron. I'm I'm kind of a prepper, so that's kind of why I'm I'm a fan of aprons. Is it it lets me have my tools at my disposal so I don't have to go searching for them. So here's. I would imagine if I wore an apron, I would say, oh, I probably should have been wearing an apron for a long time just because I would have those couple things that I always need at my disposal. But I can't look at myself and not laugh when I have an apron on. Like I just, I don't know if it's because I'm built like Gumby. I just look like a dweeb. And <laughs> it's just, I just am not comfortable. And it's like, it's hard for me to move around in it. And then I also, my shop is tiny. So it's not hard for me to, to find things actually. 
And I'm pretty good about putting those main three things that we all grab all the time back in the same place. So mm-hmm. my pencils always go back in this jar, my little palini that everybody has, and then my square always goes sit on the Death Star right there, and then the tape measure is right below it. So it's really easy for me to find stuff. Um, but yeah, that was one of those little add-ons at the end for that skit where I was like, wouldn't it be fun if we just made fun of aprons? And ironically enough, i am become friendly with uh, with Jonathan. I didn't use his apron in there. In, in hindsight, I should have put his apron in that skit and not just one generic one that he sells. But I guess he's getting the last laugh because he sells a lot of those things. Yeah, I still have yet to do my review video on that one because <clears throat> okay. I had to do I had to do I had to do a lot of modifications to it to make it suit my needs. Oh, uh, did you? Yeah, a lot of modifications. But the one that I bought was like twenty five dollars. So it's probably a bad baseline for aprons because I know that they get, they're, they're really nice or can be and really expensive. It was so uncomfortable. Like the rings where they meet on your shoulders were jabbing and then they were squeaking all the time. So anytime I move and if you turn the volume up in the video, you can hear it. It goes, er, er, er. like that would drive me utterly insane. There's no way I could wear that. So you're like the tin man. Yeah, basically. Oh, uh... This uh, was not brought to you by Isotunes, but they'll help get that squeak out of there, no problem. <laughs> Is this where you put up that, yeah, that hashtag? I, yeah, it, it would be. It would be. Hang yeah, on, let me, let me find go. it. Uh, here, you already brought me to it. Sorry, I was busy. <laughs> trying to keep up with the comments. Yeah, I mean, there's like a thousand of them over there, and I'm trying to skim through the, you know, the losers just to keep the good ones going. <laughs> There's a lot of comments. We're not used to that many. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah, Connor's daddy did acknowledge uh, my name is making him think about uh, early 2000s music, which is, I guess, good, depending on what that is. Oh, that's that playlist I made Stinson uh, the other day. He was looking for more music, and I gave him all early 2000s stuff. That's kind of <laughs> ironic. Yeah, he wouldn't know what to do with all that stuff anyway. No, he's probably going to be like shaking his head like, why did I even bother? But, yeah. Yeah, no mid-real sponsor for sure. Yeah. <laughs> we we don't have any of that here. Oops. Well, this episode is uh, brought to you by Learn Your CNC. Anyway, you want to go to Learn CNC software, anything Vectric, go to learnyourcnc.com. See how that works? Also gave him a break to take a drink of water. Oh, it's not my first one? time. I, I, if you need another one, I can hide you with that banner. Uh, go to Learn Your CNC <laughs> Academy, uh, the new and updated programming for anything Vectric related, Vectric Aspire, VCar Pro. And uh, he's got over 100 videos at your disposal. Watch, learn, stop, pause, come back at your leisure. Learn at academy.learnyourcnc.com. That was good. It just, you know, it's just the way it is. It's become he's a little practice. Yeah, there you go. Like, he's, he's got to figure it out. <laughs> oh, oh, that's yeah, a new yeah. one. I haven't seen that one before. Uh, you added some things in the backside. I see how that is. No, that was his comment. Oh, that was his comment, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And let's not ever say that again. <laughs> uh, Eric Jones has a wonderful question here. What is your day job? If you don't mind revealing, he'd guess software engineering. Is that because of the Gumby stance? I don't know where that's coming from. I mean, you couldn't be more off in terms of the engineering, though. I am certainly not an engineer, do not have an engineering mind. I've got two parents who are engineers, though. Um, my day job's not terribly interesting and doesn't at all translate to woodworking. I work for a company that sells licensed hats and T-shirts to professional sports teams and colleges. So if you've ever bought a baseball hat or football hat from your favorite team there's only two of us in the game who do it so decent chance it was us Hmm. and i oversee all of our product and our go-to-market strategy nice now see that's a very cool job Mm -hmm. if you like hats and t-shirts i suppose unless you unless you hate sports paraphernalia yeah that's right then then that job sucks for you (laughs) yeah i finally pulled this thing out for uh JP Brown, the cleanest shirt I own because it just came out of the box literally five minutes ago. Is that Eric a dragon had a, on the front? Yeah. Do what? 
Is that a dragon on the front? Not this box craft logo. I was just thinking, though, as I'm sitting here against this uh, firewood, I'm sure the back is nice and dusty now, so it didn't last long. Yeah. What project is on the bench for you, John? I am building a media cabinet, which is going to be my next video. God willing, I can never get this thing done if I find the time. But it's a really interesting spin on a build video. I'm really excited to get this thing done. This one has been a bit of a passion project for me, which I've always told myself I don't want to do passion project videos. but this one is passion project all the way. So it's really nice. I mean, it's it's built really well. It'll be a really interesting, I, I don't want to give away too much on it, but it's a really interesting back and forth between the first ever like real woodworking project that I built, which was a media cabinet and everything that I've learned along the way and how I've improved my skills to build this now media cabinet seven or so years later. So it's nice. It's got all the things that you need in there, stop dados and rabbits and all the things that everyone oohs and ahs and then they feel like you're a real woodworker because you do that and you don't use pocket holes, which is total nonsense, but it'll keep everyone happy, I guess. There you go. Um, all right, so speaking of the videos, because I did notice this one earlier, um, Eric Jones has been an early subscriber of yours and it seems like you were making more videos uh, more often than you do now, uh, you burnt out. It's a great question, actually. Burnt out? No, not at all. Um, my job has just gotten so busy, and family life is super busy right now. So it's it's more of a combination of those factors because prior to COVID, um, I was traveling two to three times a month at a minimum for my job, and traveling being getting on a plane going across the country at any given day. So I mean, I was I was flying a lot. That obviously died when COVID happened, but it's starting to ramp back up. So it's just a byproduct of what you're seeing is less videos. It just means I'm traveling more. Mm -hmm. And obviously, I can't produce videos if I'm not around to build things or to sit and ramble in front of a camera. Um, so I have more video ideas than I could possibly ever put out in the next five years. It's just a matter of getting to them and finding the time. I have put a considerable amount of thought into how I get them out quicker. So I'm, I'm working through some things right now um, that hopefully can speed up the process, but I'm really trying to optimize like from when I say go on a video, that it's not a month and a half until a video gets out because it's too long right now. That makes yeah. sense. Well, and that's the key, you know, uh, you're not doing this full time. You, you're a, you're doing this as a fun hobby and you, you're, you got a real day job and most importantly, you got a family. Yeah. And that's always the hard part is uh, learning that fine line between too much time in one of those other avenues than and it takes away from the family. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. a good question. And yes, thank you very much for that, JP. I flipped the camera around. So there's this time you get firewood instead of whatever I'm working on. Uh, but John, have you determined how successful have you determined how successful the YouTube channel and business must be before you go full-time? No, if you'd want to go full-time with that kind of job, though, as your day job. Yeah, this is another one. I, I, I wish I had 20 bucks for every time I get this question because it seems like it's pretty frequent. Um, then I might actually be able to go full-time just based on the, the money I'd be earning there. Um, so when I first started this whole thing, there was no desire or aspiration to ever do this full time. And I'm not saying that because there is right now. Um, I do like my job. I find it challenging. I've got autonomy to make decisions, which is important to me. Um, the travel is interesting and I'm a sports guy. So I do like making sports apparel. Um, I'm totally open to it in the future. Not because, again, that I don't or dislike my job and want to leave it. I'm open to it if things change in my job. and. I'm I'm leaving the door open and I'm not saying it's never going to happen. But let's say like I'm one of the few remote workers at my company. Let's say they're like, you have to move. That's I'm not moving. Like, it's just not happening for my family and I. So the idea behind building this channel was to create an additional stream of revenue and to have a parachute if I ever needed to pull the parachute. Because I was furloughed at the start of COVID and my wife was actually furloughed like a week after I was. And it was a pretty horrible feeling being furloughed, um, not just financially. I mean, we ended up being okay because we had some savings, but 
feeling like or just waking up one day and realizing that your employer and I, I enjoy who I work for, but they don't really care about you in the sense that you're just part of the bottom line. I thought, you know, I probably should have something that I control in that. Again, if something like that, God forbid, ever is to happen again, all I need to do tomorrow is pull the parachute and I could hopefully replace my salary within a couple months if I really needed to. So it's there on the back burner. Never say never, but right now it's not something I'm focusing on. There you go. Great answer. Um, yes, yes. Thank you so much. I appreciate your shirt. <laughs> the man gives us a shirt, Chris and I a shirt, but he doesn't have one for himself. He's insane. Uh, John, can I ask how you met Izzy Swan? Taking out the trash? Yeah. So um, Izzy lives very close to me. I met Izzy during COVID. So when I was furloughed, I got the brilliant idea that I would start selling my work for the first time. And like an idiot decided that I would sell outdoor chairs. And uh, I'm going to get to the Izzy thing in a second. But you don't make money selling chairs. Let me just let's get that out of the way right now. If you want to make money woodworking, don't sell chairs. Okay, so that was a very hard lesson. But the chairs I decided to make were Izzy's chairs. And it was that modern Adirondack chair. If you've never seen it, you can make that a pretty complicated build. I wouldn't say it's like um, like an expert level build. There's no advanced joinery, but I would say it's an intermediate minimum build. Like there's, yeah, there's multiple angles on every piece. There's tapers, there's curves, like that's the seat panels are recessed. So you got to have a rabbited piece below there. So they sit flush with those top piece, those top side rails. I mean, it's a pretty elaborate build. Anyways, Izzy was selling plan or uh, templates for some of those pieces. And I happened to just look up where he lives. And I didn't know anything about him at the time. And saw that he lives where I live and messaged him. I was like, hey, can I just grab those instead of you mailing them to me? Went over, we, we chatted up. And I mean, we've been, we've been good friends ever since. I talked to him pretty regularly a couple of times a week at a minimum. We love to bounce ideas off one another. He's just a, um, people always say Izzy is, as you guys know, this is, as kind and as um, open and mm-hmm. um, as approachable as they come. And that's true. He's just, he's fantastic. And a, even though he called you an idiot, even though he called me an idiot. Yeah. That was warranted. No hard feelings. <laughs> well, this is a good one. If you didn't do woodworking, what's another hobby you could see yourself doing? <laughs> I'm a guy who enjoys many hobbies so i mean i still i have other things that i do all the time i i play a lot of sports or did i've had to give some of that up um but i play hockey every sunday night in a beer league it's more of an excuse for us to drink beer honestly and stand in the parking lot than anything um played a lot of soccer i play golf i play guitar um i obviously have the the family stuff i have young twins so i feel like i'm not looking to add anything else suman into the hobby list at this point Uh, i'm maxed out well, you could probably fill your shop area with your Star Wars collection. Yeah, that's true. I don't even have time to watch Star Wars. Good to be busy. All right, so question to the panel from Dusty Trails Workshop. What's your favorite wood species? And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start with, uh, that's a loaded question because it depends on what I'm doing. But uh, all around, what do you guys think? It's an all-around piece of wood. If you get it, you're like, oh, yeah, I'm glad I got this. For me, it used to be red oak or white oak. I just, I love the green. I love the, no matter whether it's red or white, that that green just makes certain projects just pop when they're stained properly. That's just me. And I don't really have a favorite anymore because i've I used so many different ones hmm um i'm not gonna say walnut because walnut is not my favorite i mean it looks very nice um visually my favorite recently is pecan i just like i can't get enough visually it just looks so good i love variation i love um unnatural elements or like a, a spalting i i love everything about it so pecan visually, my favorite to work with plus look at like the best balance of the two. I still don't even know how to say it. I say it different every time and I have been for years. I don't know. Is it Sapele or Sapile? But that's my favorite overall right now. Mm-hmm. So there was a gentleman at Jacksonville that uh, told me it was uh, Sepele. 
is a proper Sepele. That would make sense, given where it's from. Yeah. Yeah, and he said, I don't remember what the country was. You can ask. You can ask my dad, uh, Chris, because he'll tell you. Uh, But yeah, when he said that, I'm like, I want to go back to Sepele now. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I don't sound right saying it. Basically, I sound funny. Um, so kind of like a pecan versus pecan. Yeah, kind of in that same. Yeah, I get it. You know, I have to say cherry. It's either cherry or alder, which I know sounds really strange for alder, but I love alder. Uh, but cherry, if I get a hold of a piece of cherry, there's a lot you can do with it. Alder's fun, too, because it's so easy on your tools. Oh, it's like an upgraded pine. Yeah. yeah, It is, but it stains so much better. Izzy turned me on to alder, and I, I've been using it a ton because he, he's, he's big into alder. I still Alder's think, though... Sapele, Sapile, whatever we want to call it, Sapepele. I'm going to put it in the most underrated because you can indoor outdoor that thing, yeah. unlike a lot of species. So it's a, a lot of uses. Like Mike, you were talking about, depends what I'm doing. Uh, that you've got the ability to do an indoor or outdoor project, which is nice. Unless you buy a rough piece of Sapele that's labeled Sapele, <laughs> and then you can't really tell what's underneath it. You get it home throw it on your tool and it sounds like you're cutting glass and once you clean it up you realize you have babinga that 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 occurred real real life woodshop story mislabeled wood i won that i paid for sapelli and got babinga so there we go to win then the project looked amazing but oh look at who is here oh gosh nick key wow the king of the chirps. Yeah, thank you for joining us. I love his cinematography stuff. I, I'm always a fan whenever he posts anything about that. Uh, let's see here. I'd say it's refreshing to hear a widespread of votes. Yeah, hey, you know, it's not all. If uh, the one wood that Chris doesn't like and I absolutely love, if I find it, is poplar. So, John, I don't know if you've ever messed with poplar. It has a lot of variation to it, but I think it's an underrated wood 100%. If if poplar were visually a little bit nicer to look at, I think there's no better wood for tooling than poplar. I mean, it machines so well. It's fantastic. Yeah, I'm with you. I use it whenever I get the chance, and it's it's something that I'm not terribly concerned with the end appearance. But yeah, I, I agree. I have a ton of poplar stashed away. Well, so some you, uh, you, rainbow. You jabbed that. I love poplar if it's painted. If I'm gonna paint that, that <laughs> if it's gonna be a painted project, I will use poplar all day long. Oh, yeah. Poplar, Poplar looks, looks awesome. awesome. Black. Yeah. The king, the king of black. Nick, you should do a Poplar guitar since you're on a guitar kick. That would be cool. Yeah, that, those, uh, those. Speaking of black Poplar, those big, humongous five big picture frames that I did what six months ago, they finally got the glass and the mat for it. And <clears throat> my wife's on the board of the place that bought that got them, and she left one of the frames in her car for like a week in the winter. And so these were huge, I mean, three feet by four feet frames. And so guess what I get to do to one of those frames? There's a little bit of repair that I've got to do where the joints went. I said, why would you leave that in your car? Thankfully, I have a black touch-up marker that I plan on utilizing on those couple little areas. It would be good okay. to know. Poplar, black poplar rant over. Okay. That's fun. There. We got a lot of comments. Oh, uh, Linux Geek half expected you to say playing with Magnus was your new hobby. <laughs> that's Suman's new thing. Yeah, I kind of covered all the other ones that I can see here. Sorry. But uh, all right. So. I have a question, and you covered. And by the way, you did one of the best videos as far as how many, how much money do you make on YouTube, and what you did, yeah. and it was just, it was such a breath of fresh air compared to all the people who are using it for more clickbait than anything else. Yeah. Um, but looking at the time frame here, you know, you got June twenty twenty one at ten thousand, then September at forty, December at seventy five, and then hit a hundred thousand. Now you're at one hundred and twenty something, and it's you know the end of april 
And I have to say, the one thing I noticed while we were when when we were putting this all together is that your uh, channel doesn't even have a custom URL for YouTube. It's still the stock one they give you. Oh, really? I never. I didn't even know you could get a different one. Yeah, that would be at uh, ten thousand subscribers. I think you can uh, get that. No, a thousand subscribers. At a thousand subscribers, you can get your own URL. Oh, they changed subscribers. Oh, yeah, they changed the way. I'm close. Yeah, oh, yeah, you might have that covered. So on day two, you could have gotten your own custom URL. (laughs) (laughs) So my question is, is that it doesn't seem like you play too much into a lot of the things with YouTube, but what really algorithm-wise have you done and paid attention to that was a key? Yeah, so that video, um, it, it touched on a lot of the points, risk of being too terribly redundant. The biggest thing for me is leaning into my day job experience. And this is another one of those questions I get asked pretty often. So I'm very familiar because I eat, breathe and sleep this from my day job with identifying target audiences, our target consumers for the sake of my day job, mm-hmm. creating product for them in the case of YouTube, creating videos for those people, and then executing and hammering home on that and then doing it again and again and again. So I eat breathe and sleep consumer profiles and then creating products for them. And hopefully the products that we create or the videos that I create are gaps in the market because the only way you're truly ever going to grow if you're late to the game, which I am, is by exploiting a gap. So every one of those videos that I've done is exploiting a gap in some capacity. So I don't focus on the algorithm per se, which is I think the mistake that a lot of people get caught up in is trying to understand it. Because the the best advice that I ever saw online and that I would give to anybody comes from Mr. Beast. And if you're unfamiliar with Mr. Beast, the biggest YouTuber in the game right now, I mean, the guy knows how to do YouTube. People say, like, how do you get picked up on the algorithm? He's like, just make better videos. doesn't matter what the algorithm does. Just make a good video. And if you make a good video, eventually you're going to get picked up. So all I focus on is making better videos. And I would say that I would consider myself more of a YouTuber first than a woodworker the the woodworking is somewhat secondary to the youtube and then i just focus on making the best possible video that i can that's going to stand out so it's not like when am i posting how am i tagging it i don't even tag my videos like that's such a waste of time every ounce of or ounce of energy is poured into how do i find a gap in the market and then how do i exploit it putting my own spin on it well, that gap will be closed soon enough uh, as people begin to follow you and mock you and mimic your <clears throat> your procedures there. But stuff yeah, to be the just, originator. Yeah, I would warn anybody. Be, um, not that I'm too terribly unique in any sense or have this amazing personality because I don't. You just have to be yourself. And if you're not authentic and you're not genuine, and I talk about that a lot in the video, you're dead in the water. Like, don't even mm-hmm. film a video if you're going to try and pretend to be anyone else. Like if I was going to try and do Jason's stick from Bourbon Moth, it would be the most cringeworthy video you've ever seen. Like the, Jason's stick is just Jason. Like I don't know if anyone's ever met him. And Cam's stick from Blacktail is just Cam's stick. That's Cam. And me talking to the camera is just me being me. I'm not putting on a persona. So you just have to be authentic and genuine. And that's what people connect with these days. Yeah, they're definitely looking more for that than they are the... Uh person portraying to be the woodworker and not actually the woodworker or whatever. Yeah. No, that's all. So out of all the videos and I told Chris, I wasn't quite sure how to bring it up, but I wasn't, I didn't agree a hundred percent with the finishing video, but I absolutely loved the panels you made. I think they are the best panels out there for showing color change, Shatoya, the whole nine yards. Yeah. But, so that was that I'm going to be inspired by that for sure. So when I go to do something along the lines of the the finishing video that you had, I like that a lot. So that's a good one. Like if you're just thinking about making YouTube videos and how do you be successful or blow up in the algorithm, which again, I don't think that's a thing. There was a considerable amount of research done. I knew I wanted to do a finishing video because it's a topic I find or found confusing when I was first starting out. In the videos that I saw, none of them did a great job of tying everything together. So sometimes the gaps in the market aren't so much of something that's never been covered before. It's making a better video on a topic that's been covered before and a topic that's going to reach a wide range of people. 
So that's yeah. exactly what that finishing video was. I was like, well, no one's ever put this many different species of wood yeah. side by side on this many different. That's going to make for a, a good video, I would think. And the rest yeah. just kind of falls into place. Now, what I love about it is that you took the high performance and you can see how uh, almost white plasticky it was. It was very clear. It looked great on the maple as far as if you want to keep yeah. a, a wood finish to be as natural as to bear wood as you can. And But I loved how it showed and showcased that. Yeah, it was interesting. What, what did you disagree with out of curiosity? Not looking to spark oh, a huge debate. Yeah, you're, you're fine there. Um, Danish oil, it's more of a treatment than it is a finish. Yeah, I think that's a fair comment for sure. But other than that, I mean, just everything that you used, uh, all the different types that you can get out there, the whole nine yards that I'm watching, I'm like, that was really the only thing, but everything else, I'm like, man, I just really like how you put it together. So that one inspired me to be like, you know what, I should probably get off my butt and do something similar. <laughs> yeah, because if there's anything Mike knows, it's finishing. He knows no, a lot of other things, but, but he knows finishing. <laughs> That's one of those topics too that people get really, really like personally invested into and have their own opinions. And I mean, I can't tell you how many people chirp me in the comments about um, some of the things I was saying that were varnishes not technically being varnished, like shellac specifically, like shellac's not a varnish. And it's like, oh God, I, I'm not looking to get into this long debate of whether it is oh. or it isn't. Like, who cares I, at the end of the day? Like, yeah. <laughs> semantics and it's vernacular more than anything. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, I always, uh, if I do anything with shellac, I always bring up a Skittle, and I'm like, if you need any further details, put it in your mouth. It's the same thing, you yeah. know? But, yeah, it's, um, no, I, in the little things like that, I'd, I'd pass right over, because, I mean, you're you're not portraying yourself as a finishing expert. Your video is exactly what it was, was just showing you, here's all the different things you can do, here's what it looks like, line them up, which one looks best to you. Yeah. So, it was awesome. So I need yeah, to do no, an outdoor I mean, one. Yes. <laughs> that's a big that's a big topic that's not covered at all well and there's yeah. there's hundreds of people covering you know new beginner tools and things like that but your your method on that was was considerably better i mean you broke it down you you made explanations and whereas everybody else says oh don't ever buy this go straight to the you know buy once cry once thing and you you laid it out and said, look, you use this, use that, don't use that. I mean, you, you did a good job on that. So, yep. I have this theory about, I'm glad you brought that one up. I, I can't remember who the hell I was talking this about, but I have this one theory about my channel. It might be totally off base, but hear me out for a second. Like when I launched the channel, it was coming off of COVID. It was coming off of a lot of the social injustice things going on in the world. Like the world was very polarized at the time, especially mm. social media. Like you couldn't go on without just hearing one side or the other just screaming at one another. Mm -hmm. And what I like personally about my videos and that beginner wood tools video being one of them, it's like, can we not just have a practical conversation about things? Not everything has to be overly polarizing. Let's just lay out the facts. Let's not approach everything as if you were doing this full time. Maybe you're just a hobby guy. And then let's just talk through it. And I think that there's a significant void and not just specific to what we're and this is just social media in general where yeah. people are looking for practical information and they don't want to be screamed at from the far fringes from either direction and it's like just give me the facts and that's one of I, I think that's one of the things that really resonates with people on the channel is that i don't try to be polarizing to be polarizing i just present the information that i know in an easy to digest manner mm -hmm. yeah 100 <clears throat> No, yeah, and the only only thing I ever saw in any of your videos that I would disagree with is your use of T tracks in your crosscut sled. But other than that, <laughs> everything else was fine. <laughs> you a match fit guy, then I take it. Oh yeah, well, oh, yeah. Dude, that's, if, that's his if, number one video by far. Yeah, that whole yeah, system. Yeah, I've, I've it it has consumed me not by not not by intention either. I I did a test run, and after I made my drill press table. The idea wheel just went crazy. So, I have match yeah. fit on the side of my workbench. I love it. It's great. I was just giving you grief, just trying to be polarizing. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you're right. It, it, all social media has had this had this 
think about it, if you will, yeah. that there wasn't any kind of middle ground of just something different. Everything had to be some way or another. It was it was rough there for a bit. Uh, it's impossible. I mean, it wasn't even just social media. It was the news. It was everything. Like, let's just let's just have a normal conversation with normal people about things. Yeah. Nope, I love it. So, um, oh, here we go. So Dusty Trails wants to know, how did you further yourself into the depths of woodworking? Classes, school, just building stuff and learning? YouTube. <laughs> school of YouTube. I actually took some classes at a, a local guild. We have a fantastic guild here. Yes, you do. It's, so you're familiar with that, the Greenville yes. Guild? Yeah, I mean, it's got to be one of the best ones in the country. It's square footage-wise, the tools that we have, you have at your disposal. There's a 16-inch Oliver Joiner there. Like, come on, dude. Where else you get access to that? Um, so I took some classes there, but I would say 90% of what I've learned is the school of YouTube and then making countless mistakes. I, I'm a very hands-on visual learner. I cannot read books. Like I need to see it and then I need to do it. It's the only way I can learn and then make the mistakes. Yeah. I wish they had YouTube when I started woodworking. Man, alive. How much they different did. it was called PBS. <laughs> hmm. Oh, there's there's a question for the night. Um, and Chris loves this question. We asked mm. all of our guests, are you team chamfer or are you team roundover? Roundover. No question. Not even close. <laughs> well, Chris has got three. Welcome to the team, brother. <laughs> That's not even there's not even a debate there. And there's not even a, well, it depends on the project I'm working on. No, it's just roundover. Yeah, That's my kind of guy. I knew, I knew I liked you, man. I knew I liked you. When you get to be my age, your dad jokes are going to be so far off the chart. You're not even going to know, man. You're just, you're, you're already there. But, oh, I'm going to wait till you get older. They just get better. Yeah, Gary saw it coming. Speaking of polarization, team chair for team roundover. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, that's uh, three to 432. Out of 38 guests. Yeah, that that map adds up. Well, but we've asked our our watchers too. So, got some people that, you know, they have their opinions on it. Kyle said you just lost a subscriber. That's (laughs) it. It's gone. He doesn't care where you stand on Festool or Saw Stop. You like like Roundover over Jamfer? He's out. There's not even any need for him to watch you at two times speed. I can respect it. John, I have a question for you. Um, in in your condition here of being in the hot seat, and you don't have to answer this right now. You can answer this, you know, send us a message later. But uh, who would you like to see in this in this position on the Whatnot Podcast and to take the hot seat? Mm, yeah, that's a great question. Is it? Can it be anyone woodworking, or is it YouTube? Is it Instagram? Anybody, I mean, this is more woodworking than anything. That's what we've both done for most of our lives. So, but we've had makers on here. We've had uh, other people who are non woodworkers just because they do good content creation. Because that's in this day and age, that's part of woodworking is you're on social media. So, we don't care. We just enjoy having different guests on and having conversation. All right. So, there's two people, three people actually, I'm going to come to mind. Um, Number one would be one of the guys who is in here already, Nick, Nick Key. I mean, Nick would just be fascinating to talk to. I, I don't know if you guys have followed his guitar building escapades, but Nick has built some pretty incredible guitars with limited experience with it. And obviously, um, got a good background in social media. So Nick, for sure. The other one that I would have on here, who's under the radar and shouldn't be because he has 200,000 subscribers on YouTube. His channel is called BM Sculptures, Blake McFarland, who does quite arguably the most unique and best looking epoxy and wood sculptures I've ever seen. Like if you go to his YouTube channel, just you'll be blown away by the thumbnails. His videos get millions of views. I would look at Blake. And then I would, the third one would be, we also talked about him earlier, would be uh, Will, William Douglas. He's got so many things going on and he'd be an interesting one to talk to. He's become a good friend because he's got like the business side. He's got the content creation side. He does, he teaches classes and I, I consider him to be a pretty skilled maker at this point. So those would be my three. Yeah, I would definitely agree with the William Douglas. There's he's, he's, I've been a fan of his since his first video and I've been, been an avid 
it, it comes on and within a within a day i've watched that video yeah so yeah it, it's it's good to see a craftsman out there and i'm not saying there's not other craftsmen on youtube but he's actually showcasing that in a different light than a lot of the ones that are currently out there and i'll just put it like that oh he's legit he's like a real woodworker i am definitely not he's a real woodworker for sure yeah we've michael, talked about michael alm michael's a good one under yeah robert dunn's a great one too i mean there's so many guys out there right now who do incredible stuff yeah see the problem though is um and see, you're still so new to all this. Not all of them will answer us back like you did. <laughs> I, I'll tell you this. Uh, this was great advice that I got from Izzy of all people. And again, this goes back to the kind of person he is. is um, he said this to me a couple months back. We were chatting about podcasts. And he said, I've never turned down a podcast or an appearance in my career. And he said, I feel like I owe it back to the community. And I don't have the tenure that Izzy does. And I don't have the... Um, information to give back to Izzy, but I thought it was just a really interesting stance. Like, I think you can always um, help improve conversations and to not, and to just not reply to people is like, it's absurd to me. The The best thing about, if you want to call it the community is just the relationships I've found. So I, yeah, that no comment on the not replying thing. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, one yeah. of our coolest uh, conversations to date was probably with Jess Crow. She's great. I mean, there was yeah. a lot, a lot of stuff that got kind of brought out in that conversation, and and we didn't even get to talk about epoxy. I mean, that's the whole reason we brought her on was <laughs> yeah. to talk epoxy. We never yeah. even touched on it. It was like an hour and a half, and we didn't even talk epoxy. So that uh, was that was probably a two and a half hour conversation where the people only got to see like the core hour of it, but the beforehand, and we spent like a good hour with her afterhand. It, it was it, that blew my mind what she has to go through in this community. She's incredible. Yeah, mm -hmm. and just unbelievably talented yeah for sure well awesome well, i'm trying to think anything else i guess man you you've uh made it easy just like uh with your channel you've made it easy for us to was we didn't even have to really ask you a lot of questions all the people ask you questions and i would venture to say that's a lot more than we normally get i won't give put a number on it but uh that was uh some very good questions uh coming from the viewership thank you for watching you did make a someone caught it earlier you made a comment about let me scroll through the loser comments or something <laughs> and you'll you'll find out later when you go back and look through the comments someone asked did, did he just call us losers for commenting <laughs> i was like oh, not even touching it just letting that one go because chris opened his mouth what no it was fantastic that's the way it goes well, we still have a, I, I like this one real quick. What hand tools are you looking to buy and what schools are you looking to develop? Um, hand tools I'm looking to buy. I'm just not a huge hand tool guy, so I don't have like my sights set on anything. I actually don't have my sights set on anything tool-related, period, right now. I'm pretty content. Um, I mean, I do need to upgrade my block plane. I've just got this crappy old block plane that I've had for years. So I guess I need to upgrade that, but there's nothing else beside that. And skills I'm looking to develop. <sighs> I mean, just I, I guess joinery is an easy one and just like a blanket answer. Um, I've been thinking a lot because I've, I've made some some close friends who, again, who are actually skilled woodworkers, unlike myself. And I'd love to find the time to just go out to their shops for a, a week and just like, just teach me. Uh, like William would be a great one to learn from. Um, Come friendly with um you guys know Matt Esley, correct? Um over in England. You've mm -hmm. seen him on YouTube before. Probably. He's got a couple hundred thousand subscribers. Matt's one of those guys who's just unbelievably talented. He's been teaching um for a number of years, hint old guy. Like I was thinking to myself today, I'd love to just go out there to, to Matt's place for a couple of weeks and let him teach me. So I there's nothing specifically RT, honestly. I just all around I need to become more well rounded because I'm very much like a panel glue up type of guy, do some rabbits or use the domino and then move on with my life. So. Mm -hmm. Well, and you could uh, venture into creating your own line of tools at some point like others do. Yeah. I'm not naming names, of course, but yeah. <laughs> uh, married man woodworking. Thank you for that. We appreciate it. Um, yeah. Chris does all of the, the booking. So, or I'm sorry, Lincoln, Lincoln does all the booking. 
<laughs> doesn't realize your name's Chris because it's at Lincoln Parkway, but yeah. And I'm glad that I'm glad you joined us, uh, Linux Geek, to uh, have some fun with us. Check out the podcast. Oh, look, John, he's throwing you under the bus. He's letting you know that uh, you know him. I, I do know RT's a great dude. Uh, he runs a really cool live stream every Monday. He's he's the guy who is the woodworking YouTubers channel, mm-hmm. and obviously it's focused on people who have woodworking YouTube channels. And his guest list has been impressive. I mean. You rattle off the who's who, Steve Renzi, Cam, Mark Spagnuolo. I mean, it, everybody's mm-hmm. been on there. So yeah, he's, uh, he does a great job. and He runs a really good interview, too. We'll take oh, any help that. we can get. <laughs> oh, thank you for joining us, Dusty Trails. You've had some great questions tonight. Yeah, feel free to, uh, you know, message us here or, um, you know, reach out to me personally here. I think I've got something going on there. You can find oh, there me there, you or, or you can email us at uh, whatnotpodcast at gmail. That's pretty easy, too. I don't know if that's on this list or not. All it's I know is list. uh that's the most important thing on the list right there. Um, <laughs> we'll just throw that back up for the victory that we gained tonight uh, for Team uh, Roundover. See if I can overthrow <laughs> this. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, and then if you want to find out what i've done in the past i don't post a lot right now i'm getting back into it but uh all the finishing stuff i do is on dust style one for instagram which i have to thank izzy swan for that because he's the one that made me get into uh instagram and showing what i do but what for him of course don't forget this guy oh yeah you have a guest yeah Yeah, he's over there right there that guy Go check him out. And yeah, he does have an Instagram. He's not just on YouTube. So believe it or not, that's just the way it works. Social media. Well, I guess, John, we sure appreciate you coming on. And, um, sure. you know, feel free if you want to reach out to those folks for us and say, hey, you know, reach out to these guys. And, you know, they, they'd love to. They, they're desperate for people to come on their podcast. <laughs> I don't <laughs> and, maybe not lead in like that, but yeah. Yeah. You know, you, you've got the, you've got our contact information and I mean, I'm more than happy to reach out um, and uh, enjoy getting turned down by, by strangers that I don't know. Most of the people, almost all the people that I've reached out to though, I am a follower of their page and it's not just, Oh, I follow you and now I'm going to message you. I have been, I'm have been follower on their page. So um, that's, that's kind of my own personal policy. If I don't follow you, then I have no right to ask you to join my podcast. You know, now Mike knows a lot of folks that I don't know, so a lot of times he'll send me to folks to do to do that too. But I usually have him crease the wheels a little bit for me. Yeah, yeah. It's hey, this loser, just, this loser is going to be reaching out to you and come on the podcast. Tell him no the first time. <laughs> wait a week and then say you thought about it and you're going to come on anyway. I don't. I can envision that conversation. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Thank you, sir, well, for joining us. Really appreciate it. Yeah, we thank fun you. Talk. Thank you, guys. It's been fun. And let's see if I can find the right uh, thing here Outro. somewhere. Yeah, that's what I'm looking for. There it is. Don't forget to hit in broadcast this time. That would help. Yeah, yeah, I remember that now. I, I'll end it three seconds before the outro ends. Well, we appreciate everybody watching, listening. Y'all have a great night. And uh, go check him out on YouTube and be one of his new subscribers if you're not already. Lincoln Street Woodworks. Y'all have a great night.